You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 362. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show today. Today is a very interesting and exciting, I would definitely say exciting episode. I'm personally very curious to re-listen to this one, but I'm going to get to what it is about in a second. Before I do, I want to share that we are doing Unlimited Aligned Abundance, the abundance class I'm finally teaching for the first time ever on a topic that is near and dear to my heart next Wednesday, August 17th. So if you're feeling like you want to do something to up-level your aligned abundance into that level of feeling unlimited within your own life. This is my actual personal, you could say values-based intention, unlimited aligned abundance is what I've been living through and with for the last, I think about six or seven years, very consistently. And I'm so excited to be able to share on the topic to help other people that also want to have their own version of unlimited aligned abundance for themselves. So this more of a beginner, but really, really, really towards the more intermediate level. It's not quite like a beginner, beginner level course. It's more if you're doing pretty good or somewhat okay in abundance, maybe even pretty good, but you know that you're not living that unlimited way, this is a class that I've designed for you. So if you want to, I've also added collaborators, which you're going to hear from here on the show soon, which will be Rachel with RTT, my personal hypnotherapist, Maria, my personal astrologist and friend, and also Lauren Siesco, an IBFT grad who focuses on specializing in beanbags and money blocks. So it's very exciting because it's almost like a a class meets like a mini online conference with all of these different specialists, including my own content throughout as well. So of course, you're going to be using your inner voice and beanbag releasing as you do the class. But we're also adding so many other modalities to give you a really full picture perspective of your abundant strategies based on your birth chart, based on your astrology, just to confirm what the inner voice may be sharing. Or if you're new to inner voice as a topic and you haven't been doing it for years and years like I have, the astrology can kind of kickstart some of that awareness to patterns that serve you personally when it comes to spending and saving. Because this abundance class is going to have a general money focus. So it's not like abundance is certainly only money in any way. It's more about the freedom to do absolutely anything that you want to, whether that's traveling the world and living in beautiful Airbnbs or beautiful places or having beautiful homes or collecting beautiful art, whatever you want to do. And of course, or like me, have a foundation where you give 10% of your revenue away to other people for free so that they can do things that are important to you. Or for me, for example, I love that the foundation that we have gives uh, free hypnotherapy for people with extreme trauma, as well as, you know, the living room and the inner voice classes that we give the public for free now. So these are offerings that I'm able to do with my unlimited aligned abundance, and I'm so excited to help others do this for their own life and have this level of fun and freedom and joy. It's certainly, since I started with a $5 bag of beads when I was 15, something that I've my entire life been in practice of, I guess, because I started with that and then moved to college with, you know, after college, after graduation with $700 saved. And the rest is all been, it has always been created by myself. So this is a very exciting thing, I think. And I think I'm a unique person to share on the subject. So if this is calling to you and your intuition saying yes, head over to JessLively.com slash Aligned Abundance, and we will see you on Wednesday. Okay, now let's get into the call. So today is a Q&A show. And yes, I have done a load of Q&A shows over, 
I don't even know the entire show. I don't know how many Q&A shows we've done in total, but today my inner voice, or as I'm calling it, the Bella Ella call is happening. So Bella, which is my inner voice said my name more accurately than Jessica in a cacao ceremony is Bella. And that name at first was very strange to hear. I've never thought about the name Bella, but over time I've truly come to love it because I personally love all things beauty in the physical realm, whether it's design, like jewelry design for the 14 years I did that, if it's branding, if it's logos, if it's makeup, if it's outfits, you name it. If it's pretty, I love it. If it's flowers, if it's cafes, if it's rose lattes, if it's pretty food, I love pretty things. So the fact that it picked Bella for my name at first, though weird, later made perfect, perfect sense. So right now I'm not using Bella that often in my daily life. I haven't legally changed my name from Jessica to Bella. I'm not asking you to particularly call me Bella all the time, though you are more than welcome to if you want to. It's a really nice, beautiful, if nothing else, you could say really strong nickname at this point, but it's obviously something that I connect to on this really personal and deep way. And right now, for the purposes of the call, I'm using Bella as the name for myself merged with my inner voice. So it's really amazing because this was, you're going to hear Ella, our team manager. Her name happens to be Ella. So Ella Bella call. Ella Ryder is going to be the host of the show. She's going to be asking the questions that you guys submitted through Instagram to me, but I'm going to be answering them this time from my inner voice. So it's so fascinating because if you remember A few years ago, ironically in London, where I'm now staying right now also, I, a few years back, did some inner voice channeling. And what came out, if you guys remember, they were beautiful, beautiful little meditations. I think there were three or four of them shared. They were incredible. They sounded like Dr. Seuss meets a fairy godmother. It was like bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. It was so cute and wonderful and rhymy and fast and peaceful. I loved it. And especially back then, I really loved that level of experience because I could tell very clearly that that was not me. That was not my mind. That was not, could be potentially my inner voice, but it was not even a way for my mind to identify with it. It just felt very separate to me. But I wouldn't say that it was like a specific channel entity, more of a frequency that I was tapping into. Okay. So this one though, this Bella Ella call, is my inner voice speaking but with this blend of of Jess. So Jess just was obviously kind of semi-present, like the mind of me was kind of there, kind of not there. I was obviously answering from the inner voice, but there's becoming this integration, you could say, of the inner voice into this reality that's becoming more blended and more human-like to a degree. To a degree. It's obviously my mind was fascinated by the visions I was seeing and by the clarity I was giving and sharing from. So that was obviously not just the mind. You've heard many Q&As with Jess. So I'd also say even to be interested if you want to compare the Q&As as I normally answer them and do things from the mind purely, uh, well, mostly, <laughs> probably. And then also in this one being very clearly focused through my inner voice and letting this come out. So it's really cool because I think this is showing the potential that everyone has inside of themselves with practice and time to this wisdom that's inside themselves. And it doesn't have to be the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo hitting up to a different frequency than the mind or maybe even the inner voice itself. This is really cool because it's practical life advice to real questions people submitted 
And here's, you know, I remember even a few of these questions that Ella asked me as my mind heard the question coming through, because it was still present, obviously. It was like, oh gosh, I don't know what to say to those questions. But what came through me through the answer was wiser and clearer than my mind could have actually answered the questions if it was to just do the questions in Q&A like I normally do on the show. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you like it. Please let me know any thoughts if it connects to you or not afterwards. I am very curious to actually, like I said, re-listen to the show myself to hear what Bella actually sounds like when it's not just coming through my inside, but hearing it from my ears on the outside. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friend. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I know, this is kind of scary for the mind of Jess. <laughs> she feels really, uh, I, I guess I could say I right now, I feel really curious, nervous, excited, trepidatious <laughs> about yeah. what's gonna happen. But thank you so much for being with us. Before we get going, Ella, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name's Ella and I work on Team Lively. Um, I live in near Oxfordshire in the UK and I'm a social media manager, online business manager. Yeah, I love everything consciousness related so I'm super excited to be having this conversation with Jess and yeah letting everyone we've got some great questions so I'm really excited to hear hear, yeah. hear what comes through today yeah thank you Ella so Ella for those that are listening I probably shared this in the intro already too has gone through my Instagram DMs with all the questions you guys usually send to me and I read spontaneously as Jess now Ella's about to do it for me so it's an Ella Bella call <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm nervously, <laughs> excitedly, trepidatiously going to shift into my inner voice. So as much as I can, Ella, I'm going to do my best to stay in yeah. Bella, <laughs> not just mode. So uh, take it away. And thank you for hosting basically today. Okay. Enjoy and relax. <laughs> okay. So the first question is from Pavlina. Pavlina asks, I'd like to ask you if you had some tips or advice on how to get into alignment, manifest abundance when you're still going through a cocoon phase and releasing bean bags and conditioning. Everything's always coming to you. So when you remember that and you really, really deeply remember everything's always coming to you, through you and all around you, you're going to be able to accept all of this in a greater stride. So you can do everything all at once as long as you are within your own awareness of your contemplation. So being aware of your contemplation is the first place to start. Begin with your contemplating. What are you contemplating right now? Are you contemplating hard or easy, hard or easy? Always ask yourself that. Am I making this harder on myself or easier on myself? And go for the easier. Of course, you have the choice to choose harder, but why would you do that in any dimension, whether we're talking about the cocoon or about the money or about anything? Why would you ever choose the harder of anything? Harder's not necessarily smarter, as they say. It's just more practice in this time-space reality, but it doesn't need to stay that way. You don't have to keep that path going. You don't have to keep that kind of flow flowing. You can make it easier and more fun. So keep going back to what could be easier and more fun right now? What could be easier and more fun right now? And go with that instead. Amazing. Now, Isabel asks, my mind keeps chewing on a health issue that has been going on for months. How can I chew on something else? <laughs> we like the idea of chewing, 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 chew on something else, chew on something else. What else do you like to do besides chew? 
So besides thinking, what else do you like to do besides thinking? Maybe it's dancing, maybe it's singing, maybe it's something different. It doesn't need to be thinking. What do you like to do besides chewing on something like that right now? Go do something else right now, especially if it doesn't involve the thinking and the chewing. Do something different. Kelsey asks, how can we respond and maintain a loving relationship with close family members who view this reality with a negative lens, spread negative energy, and cast negative energy onto us? They can't ever spread anything onto anyone else. They can only spread it within their own reality. Remember that. They're spreading within their reality and you're spreading within yours. So what are you spreading in yours right now? If they're in their reality spreading onto you, they can't actually do that. Think of it as cells in the body. They each have their own membranes. They each have their own containers, so to speak. So you're in yours and they're in theirs. You don't have to let theirs, nor could you really ever let them touch you. You can only play the game. It's kind of like the, the game of tag. It's like tag your it. There is no game. They're just playing around in the same frame, the same reference points, the same rules and regulations. If one does this as it, then someone who's not then has to react as such. It's not true. You don't have to react to anything they actually do. You don't have to play tag with them. If they yell, you don't have to be angry. If they scream, you don't have to scream back. There's always this rule and opportunity, you could say, to going in yourself, choosing for yourself what you want to do. They're in their membrane and you're in yours. You don't have to pretend that they're creating fully in your reality. Because if you allow that to be true, then you're going to create that in your own reality, in your own cell membrane, you're going to create inky darkness, so to speak. But it's not like there actually is the ability for them to send inky darkness into your reality. It has to be invited in by you. And as a sovereign creator, you can choose otherwise. You can choose differently. So take some space if you need to or want to. There's no rules or regulations that say you have to be next to them for every time for all the time there is to come. You don't have to stay next to them all the time. Stay less next to them if you want to. You don't have to do that. You get to choose that. Choose as a sovereign creator what makes you feel most alive. Choose what makes you feel most alive. Amazing. She also asks, when your mind wants more actionable steps on that topic, what would you do? Actionable steps the mind of Jess is, is scared right now because she already forgot the question because she's not in thinking mode. <laughs> so the mind is trying to go back and think what, what was said that is the actionable step. Can you ask the question? Repeat the question, not the first one, just the second one again. Yeah. Um, so how can you maintain a loving relationship with close family members when they have this trying to spread negative energy, but still take actionable steps with the mind, but not confuse like with an inner voice if it gives quite general answers, like all she hears is love. Only get as close as you can stand it and still be in love. Only get as close as you can stand it while still being in love. If you can't stand closer than 10 feet, don't go closer than 10 feet. (laughs) If it (laughs) needs to be a mile apart, be a mile apart. Go as close as you can and still maintain the frequency of love. You don't need to be next to them at every point of every moment of every now moment of time. You don't need to do that. You can take space. You can take time. You can take feet (laughs) in the distance (laughs) analogy we're using right now. You don't need to get any closer to them than needed for the love to continue. If you get too close and it feels too hot, so to speak, too, too burning, then step back. 
who's saying you have to stay this close for this long? And what a period of time does that need to be? Ask your inner voice, of course, for the guidance there. But generally speaking, it's going to guide you to be as close as you can without getting quote unquote burned in the process. But ultimately also remember, just like we said earlier, you're ultimately burning yourself by playing into the game of tag. You don't have to play the game of tag, but if your mind is going to feel like the game of tag is too close and irresistible to resist, then only get as close as you can while still holding the frequency of love. Step back when you need to. Step back when you can. Step back. There is no need for you to have to worry about them. You need to be sovereign and focused within yourself and choose the frequency of love that supports everyone, including and most importantly, your own well-being, because they cannot create in your reality. Only you can create in yours and only you can actually create an atmosphere of love. Only you can do that. And you ultimately need to have compassion for yourself as you're learning to do that around others. It's giving ourselves lots of permission. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Who else can give you permission other than yourself? Okay, sovereign being means you're the queen. Who else could give the queen permission? No one. No one can. No one can. Only the humans that pretend to be paupers and servants of others say that they need permission. Okay. So Nicole asks, I'd love to hear your thoughts about food and body. I know you've mentioned before that you simply eat in an aligned way without overthinking and you feel great when you do so. How do you know when you're not under eating? Do you ever question how much you're eating and if it's the correct amount? Food can just be so wildly confusing and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I was curious on your approach and journey. Food's supposed to be fun. So when you eat too much food, that's not fun. And when you eat too little food, that's not fun. Eat the amount of food that still feels fun. And when you get to a point where if going further would not be more fun, stop. And if you get to a point where if you don't keep eating, you'll have less fun, stop. But fun is felt in the body. When it's trapped up in the mind, it's not actually, you could say fun, because their mind could be, as Jess, the mind, likes to say, eat your food and feel your feelings. They're two different things. So if the mind is eating the food, it often will misassociate this and start to eat its own emotional feelings. So those beanbags she talks about. So... When you're in this idea of eating food, eat it from your body that feels the joy of the food. When you're eating it from the mind, it may be misappropriating and choosing to eat too much or too little based on a concept mentally about what is the right or the wrong amount of food or food to eat. So going down into your body, food should feel fun in the body. Just herself, the body of this human has lived many years and ultimately in huge disparity to this. Under eating and overeating, it was not fun for the body to feel that hunger for those years she was underweight. And it also was not fun for the body to feel the binging she did repeatedly for four years of her life. She didn't have physical, bodily fun during those nine years. So going into what actually physically feels fun means you have to start to be in awareness in your body again. When you're in your mind, it's very easy to leave the body. That's actually why eating the food and feeling the feelings is so important. Eat your food, feel your feelings. When you're not doing that, when you're in the mind, you're not really in the body. You're eating to soothe the mind and the feelings associated. 
that is not fun for the body. So it's about reconnecting and being physically present in the body rather than up in the emotions of the mind. Now, of course, we said food is supposed to be fun. The body's supposed to have fun eating the food. So there is, you could say, the feeling of fun or enjoyment of the materials going into the physical. But when it's going into an emotional state to change the emotional state of especially discomfort or disease, that's your indication. You're doing your eating of feelings rather than food. So eat as long and as much as it feels fun deep inside the belly, not the mind. Okay, I've written down, eat your food and feel your food. <laughs> Just <laughs> loves to say that. Just loves to say great. that. Just loves it. It was an epiphany for Jess. We're allowing it to be said now. Okay, so her favorite things to say now, it came through a client session. Eat your food, feel your feelings. Drink your wine, feel your feelings. Gamble your money, feel your feelings. Have sex, feel your feelings. Shop your stuff, feel your feelings. Everything the mind considers addictive is actually a way of soothing emotion. And when the emotions are soothed within themselves directly by being felt, then all the things of this reality can exist in a way that's just for the enjoyment, but without the addictive qualities. Addictive mm. qualities really are just saying, this is the way the mind wants to soothe its feelings besides the actual act of feeling them directly. But once they're directly soothed, then the rest of these experiences can be experienced just for what they are. They're nice, but they're not everything. When an addiction has happened, the mind thinks it's everything. It's its pathway to feeling better. But if it's not needed anymore because the feelings are directly felt, then you're free to enjoy everything without overdoing it because it's not fun to spend all your money. It's not fun to have a hangover. It's not fun to have a belly ache or be in deep hunger. Those things are not fun experiences. And without the mind misappropriating the idea of feeling feelings and replacement to these things, you do them naturally and stop them naturally. People give too much credit to addiction being a mental process, but they don't realize that what we call mental process, it's really an emotional processing that's getting misdirected to the wrong experience. There's a question that's a kind of follow up for that, and that's from Vladislavia. And they asked how to tell the difference between cocoon phase or dragon phase and just lack of energy or depression. Feeling feelings is going to help you do all of this, regardless of what phases need to have what labels. So just feeling the feelings, even if it's the feeling of depression, can you go into it? Can you allow it? And can you rest through it? Can you allow the experience? Can you allow it? Will you let yourself be there in awareness? Being in awareness means that you are not connected to the identity as such. No one is ever actually depression because they're ultimately pure consciousness from which depression or joy or elation or sadness or anger or fear or any of these other experiences ever comes from. So no one is ever quote unquote depressed. Just like you couldn't say, you could say someone's depressed as much as you could say that person's just excited. You would never claim a permanent state of excited to anybody. Someone could often be excited, but you wouldn't say, oh my God, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> like, like mm -hmm. as a state of, I am, I'm, I'm depressed. You know, when people, when humans say yeah. depressed, they, they say it like it lasts a really long time and that's okay. I'm not saying things don't last long periods of time. Emotions can mm -hmm. last, but they're not identity factors. Just like you couldn't yeah. say I'm joyful. 
as the same way someone would say, I'm depressed. Depression mm -hmm. has a experience of time involved that can be really truly felt, but also the identity factor of that experience is what's most damaging for someone. That's where the suffering on top of the experience directly being felt is actually yeah. compounding. And labels Absolutely. like cocoon versus depression, just the human, the human has experienced many, many, many deep phases of crisis, of questioning, of negativity, of doubt, of fears, of momentum in negative directions, let's say. But the label of depression as such that the humans speak of isn't ever felt as such for her experiences. So for her, those experiences were deep levels of crisis to break through, breakdowns to break through old limitations and barriers of mass consciousness, family consciousness, and her own consciousness. So those periods were slow, steady, deep movements. Depression, as others experience it, can be kind of a resting place without any movement through anything. So she's gone, let's say you could say through storms, through periods of long periods of cloudy weather, of, of intense weather, of isolation, fear, all those types of ranges of emotions. But there was a movement through that was being experienced that would be possibly considered different than depression as other humans speak of. So one could say, if it's dragon versus depression, is there a movement through stormy limitations, clouds of emotions, et cetera, or is there a stagnation that's being experienced? But ultimately, the labels of anything don't serve us. They're just, even the idea of the stagnation experience of depression, as others speak of, that still is not an identity factor. So please do not apply that to yourself and say, I am you are that you are. You are not a thing. You are not even a human. You are that you are. You exist. That is all. Existence is what you are. And existence as you are is experiencing depression right now through, you could say, the stream. The stream is experience or the I am, the, the experience of existence. Well, the essence of everything <laughs> is existence, is experiencing a human dream human experience in the level of a dream or you could say 3d reality as a dream of depression and the more your awareness is able to detach from the dream and observe the dream the easier and smoother and less meaningful all of that will feel because it is not defined into your ultimate identity any longer it never is actually true, but the feeling that that's true compounds the effect of the depression. Not only are you yeah. depressed, but you have the identity of depressed on top, which is extra depressing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So kind of along the similar lines of that is Amy's question, which so she talks about how manifesting interacts with the physical world and why can't we just manifest things without needing help from doctors or products or diets to help us? Or is that just based on our limiting beliefs? Or is that based on what our soul wants? For example, like if you don't have perfect eyesight and you just want to know your thoughts and wisdom on this. So people aren't very good at giving themselves the experience of time in a productive way. 
So manifesting in this reality has space and time as a part of this dimension. So when it comes to manifesting, space and time need to be taken into account. You need to give things the space and time to take shape in this reality. But humans focus on our nowness is the problem, you could say, because they're focusing on the nowness that they're experiencing in this dimension, not the other. What they can do is experience the conclusion of that manifestation in the other, in the non-physical dimension, but their focus tends so much to this dimension in this now moment and what's now here, they're not able to stay just as seeing, um, imagine a laser, okay? And then imagine mm -hmm. a, a velvet curtain or a sheer curtain, sheer curtain might be easier to visualize, but okay. So imagine the laser pointer in a sheer curtain, okay? Sheer curtain, and there's a laser on one side shooting into the other side of the curtain. And the laser is so powerful, you can see through the curtain, the laser beam on the other side, okay? And it's going to go from three feet above the ground to the ground on the other side of the sheer curtain. So, okay, we've got the intention, the intention and the visualization, you could say, or the intent frequency, you, you name it, is on the non-physical side of the shear. The laser starts in the non-physical and then it hits the shear curtain and carries through the shear curtain onto the air on the other side of the shear curtain in the 3D onto the ground. And then you actually see the red mark on the ground. What humans are really bad at is staying aware of the already present red light in the non-physical side of the curtain already there. They keep looking on the ground, waiting for it to show up. And they say, it's not here yet. It's not here yet. It's not here yet. It's not on the ground. It's not on the ground yet. But the light needs to carry through time and space. But as they're focused on the ground that doesn't see the light yet, they stop the manifestation. So they're not, their focus is going to create the manifestation and the mind is going to either allow that light to carry through the curtain onto the ground or trap it only on the non-physical side of the curtain. So if they could stay focused on the red light that already is present, because there is no speed of light, you could say, on the non-physical side, the speed of light in the non-physical side is infinity. The speed of light on the physical side is 300,000 square meters per second or 300,000 meters per second squared. So if they can stay focused on the infinity instant red light that's already present on their non-physical side, they'd be able to give the speed space time continuum the time it needs to manifest on the other but because they're so good at staring at the ground that doesn't see the light yet they block it on the physical side but it is present on the non-physical side they're just shutting off their perception of experiencing it on the other side because they're not patient enough to allow it to take shape so if it hasn't mm -hmm. happened yet don't worry about it worry doesn't do anything other than block it it doesn't make it come. So feeling it already as being experienced on the the right side of the curtain sounds like <laughs> too much of a, a judgment call here. But on the non-physical side of the curtain, if they could stay more trained in their now moment to their non-physical reality rather than their physical, they'd see a lot mm. more things happen. But the time space would be allowed to happen in an organic and natural way unobstructed by the mind's propensity to see what is and say it's not here yet and then block it from appearing physically okay my mind wants to ask how 
does one tap into the non-physical dimension like in the day-to-day is that visualization another method yes so ultimately you're creating your own reality in this one and the other so create a reality create your (laughs) own blank page so to speak create a reality call it a pinterest page call it whatever you want call it whatever you want but create Mm -hmm. a place where you go People daydream all the time. They wander into what they call the past of the future all the time, but they never mm-hmm. just choose to go to a happy place. No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really. I mean, some people do, or maybe they take drugs to get to their happy place or to, <laughs> to see more, but they can go there any time of day. You can go anywhere you want. You're ultimately consciousness, free to roam, whatever realm you want to. So why don't you choose one? Why don't you build one? Why don't you create one? Create a place you like to be. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be non-physical. Go there, play there, have fun there. There, everything you want can happen. You can see freely, you can heal your body, you can do everything you want. You don't even have to have a body there. It's Mm -hmm. like lucid daydreaming. Imagine the dream you'd love to dream at night. Pick your most magical dream you'd want to dream. And just start dreaming it now. What's stopping you from going there (laughs) now? You think that as a being, you have to be at the fates of time-space reality, even in the dreaming realms. But you don't have to. You can go visualize, you could say. But visualization, as Jess's experience in the past, felt very laborious, very tedious, very homework-driven. We are not asking you to do homework. We are asking you to go to the best TV show you've ever dreamed of watching and you're the star go make it up go have fun there that's the side of the laser where the red is always pointing it already exists go there there's nothing stopping you at all from experiencing the bliss of this now moment in also creating in those realities this place gives you a lot of clip art you could say that you can add to that those realms there's also many other experiences you can have beyond the 3D perceptions of reality. So, of course, in your mind, as it associates to this other place, it, it thinks it needs to look and feel like 3D, which is fine. Ultimately, it doesn't have to. And as you realize, it's not 3D. It's your imagination. But so is this. This just has the perceptual feeling of density. But ultimately, yeah. none of it even truly exists. So Emily asks, do you do you feel our inner voice and our soul are the same thing? Also, what are your thoughts on spiritual guides, e.g. angels? Are they different from our inner voice? And do you um and what are your thoughts on yes, angels? Angels are entities without bodies. And mm-hmm. so are you, an entity without a body, ultimately. You're an entity that has no body and also has body. So who you are ultimately or could say more, how you are, what you are, has no body. Soul is a different definition. Also, other entities too also have different definitions than you. But ultimately, they're all aspects of non-physical consciousness taking separated form. Here, you have Mm -hmm. separated forms that perceive as physical. Think of it like The Sims. Here, you have your little avatar, and there, you're the player playing the avatar. It's an octave above. So the angels and your experience of your own soul would be above this reality as the players in the game or or even just those assisting mm. those playing the game. But the avatars are the humans. Okay. What I you love ultimately, <laughs> <laughs> Jess did also, ultimately <laughs> what all of 
creation or all that is 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 consciousness is awareness just finds it much much easier to bring the essence of this truth into this reality just by saying to the minds all you are ultimately all we are all anything is is awareness that becomes mm, fractured separated you could say how you want perceivably unique let's call it that perceivably unique forms in the non-physical and then even into denser forms here in the physical but ultimately awareness is the binding element the electricity so to speak that binds it all that is it all so it is all awareness then goes into the perceivable separation of of forms just as like a, a unity of a body you can look at the body mm. of Ella and say, that's Ella. <laughs> mm. But then you could go deeper and say, well, then there's the bones. Okay, that's that's one layer deeper. That Or the skin of Ella is different. The bones mm. and the skin are different aspects of Ella. And then if you go even deeper into the skin and the bones, you see red blood cells, you see mitochondria, you can go smaller and smaller quarks, gluons, mm. electrons. You go deeper, deeper, deeper. There's more and more sense of separation within the unity of Ella and such it is here. Awareness is the body of all that is. These entities, as you speak of non-physically, are a dimensional aspect of the body. And so further even forward are these little bodies. Think of these as like the little fingernails on the edge of the <laughs> of the bigger <laughs> of that. the bigger form. Very good. <laughs> Um, so Rona has another question. Um, I feel really bad when my intuition leads me to do something that ends up hurting people I love, like breaking up with my ex. The guilt doesn't leave me. What would you do next to regain peace? The guilt's only in you. So remember that the guilt is not coming from him. The experience can only touch guilt you already have. So remember back to the family we spoke of with the mitochondria. We, we talked about the cells and the family mm -hmm. um, being negative. You can break up with somebody else and they can have an experience of that experience within their own cell walls. But the guilt you're feeling and any associated feeling of lack has to be within your own cell walls. So this partner could not have created the feeling in you. The feeling already had to be self-contained within yourself. Otherwise, he could try to make you feel guilty. Many humans do. But that feeling, he even hear the words I said, he can try to make you feel, try to mm. make you. He can't actually do it. He can only try to make you feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> the guilt has to be chosen and taken on by you. So, yeah, chosen. <laughs> yeah. So what Jess is seeing is uh, Jesus on the cross when they're famously, you know, quoting him saying, forgive them for they know not what they do, right? Mm -hmm. So they were killing the body of this <laughs> human. And he said, apparently, forgive them for they know not what they do. He did not, they were trying to kill him and make, obviously by killing someone, they're trying to make him feel bad. Can we, can we agree mm -hmm. that they were not mm -hmm. trying, they were not happy with how he saw the world. He was not playing according to the rules of their trying to make him feel bad. Okay. Sure, the physical pain was there and the suffering, all the rest of the physical body going through the emotions. But he was not choosing to feel guilty for sharing what he shared. He was mm -hmm. not feeling angry, like these are assholes doing this to me. Make them stop this. 
He was not making them feel guilty for what they're doing. They're saying, look at me, I'm Christ. I'm the God, the son of God. <laughs> look what you're doing to me. He didn't try to make them feel anything. And he also didn't choose to feel anything. They tried to press upon him, even at the cost of the physical life. So also, let's look at the cells in the body. Cells in the body in the body of consciousness, in the body of pure awareness, can never actually hurt one another because they are ultimately of the same source. So Mm -hmm. what is right for one is also right for the other. What is done in wisdom in one is always right for the other. Their minds may not be willing to accept that fact, but it is always ultimately true. What is done in wisdom is done in alignment with awareness, and that can never be wrong. Only minds in judgment, duality, and limited experience can say that that was wrong. It is not wrong to follow wisdom, ever. What is right for one is what is right for the whole, because the whole is ultimately the one. So many quotables here. Well, we'll do one more question. (laughs) (laughs) So the last question we have from Triel, and she says, what can I do if my mind has learned to avoid things and therefore avoids healing or resistance at times? It can be harder to face the fear or resistance because my mind has gotten really good at hiding or avoiding it. First, soothe the little one. Soothe the little one inside. Make her feel okay and safe. Right now, the mind having loads of judgment and fear on the fact that there is not forward motion needs to be soothed to most. Of course, the mind's afraid. Of course, it's scared. Of course, of course, of course. What if you first just soothe the little scared one within? Just soothe that little one. Don't ask it to change. Don't ask it to grow up. It's like a Jesse's Day little girl wearing mom's clothing. Don't try to force the little one to grow up right away. First, let her be okay where she is right now. As she relaxes and feels safe and less judged, she'll feel safe to come out of her cave. And when she comes out of her cave, she'll be ready to tear off the things that bind her. Right now, she's feeling too afraid to leave the cave. First, she needs to be allowed to stay there. Then she'll choose to leave slowly and in the right time in the way to open up for herself, kind of like a little bud that's a flower that's afraid to open. Why haven't I opened? Why haven't I opened? First, just let yourself be in the bud. And when it feels safe to be in the bud and comfortable to be in the bud, the light of awareness will move through it and open its leaves naturally. It does not need to be done from force. It gets to be done from flow if you choose it to be so. Is there anything else that Bella would like to share today? Everyone's doing a really good job. They're doing so much better than they're giving themselves credit for. For listening to this as an example, you did not have to listen to this today. You chose to listen to this today. Something brought you to this today. And for that, we want you to know you're doing a really good job. Often the mind thinks I haven't done enough yet. I haven't done enough yet. What more could I do now? You're doing a really spectacularly wonderful job. Just know that. You're right here. You're right now. Just like the little girl in the cave. You're doing a great job. Light will move through you and and invite you to open. You don't have to force yourself to go anywhere you don't want to go. The light of awareness within you will provide you the experiences necessary and ready for you one moment at a time, one moment at a time. Please just relax through it all. Please just enjoy it all. 
please just choose to make it as easy on yourself as possible. This experience of expansion is not always pretty to the mind's associations and duality, but that doesn't mean it's not ultimately beautiful in the letting go of limitation. But in going into the letting go of limitation, the mind is stretched, it is broken, it is released. It is the thing that becomes the fertilizer for that flower to grow. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Ella, thank you so much for being our host in today's show. You did an amazing job and I appreciate you so much. And of course, like I said at the beginning of the class, if you want to do unlimited aligned abundance with us, it's starting Wednesday, August 17th. You can register over at JessLively.com slash aligned abundance. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.